Can you believe it's here? Yes, college football is finally here. We're back in the saddle. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you for another week, and we are so excited to get the ball rolling once again. So uh, I, I just want to start with this, and, and there's more we're going to get to here, but I want to start for the sake of the conversation here with college football. Uh, I know the Big 12 starts next week, but college football is back this weekend with some week zero games, as they call them. Uh, we can say the season's here. Right. And I want to take this chance to just say, can we as Big 12 fans enjoy this ride? Can we enjoy this final run with these 10 teams being together? Now, you may say, Pete, ah, forget Oklahoma, forget Texas. Let them go. Let them rot in the SEC. I'm ready for the new Big 12. And I am, too. It's going to be great. I cannot wait for the new Big 12 to be here. Genuinely can't wait. I think UCF and Houston and Cincinnati and BYU are going to be great additions. I can't wait for a road trip to Provo, Utah. I am thrilled to have a footprint in Florida. Houston against Baylor, Houston against Tech, Houston against TCU is going to feel like the old Southwest Conference days. And getting to tap into more of the uh, Ohio Valley, having a partner there for West Virginia uh, in a great, great part of the country, in a football part of the country, is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. I can't wait for all of it. But with that being said, the Big 12 is not going to feel like the Big 12 has felt for the last 25 plus years. That's just the reality. And that's that's Okay. Right, But even after the four teams left uh, over 10 years ago now, even after Colorado and A&M and Nebraska and Mizzou left the Big 12, it was weird, it was awkward, it was unfortunate, right? I mean, these were uh, teams that were part of this league, um, obviously, since the inception. Some of them, obviously, were Big 8 teams going back prior to that. You had great rivalries that were now gone in Texas versus A&M and Oklahoma, Nebraska, in Kansas and Mizzou, and it was sad to see him go. But with the remaining eight teams, it still felt like the Big 12, right? You still had your blue blood anchors in Oklahoma and Texas. You still had all the other teams that were there in Baylor and Iowa State and KU and K-State and Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. You still had them there. And then you added TCU, a team that everybody knew from the old Southwest Conference. And West Virginia was a solid cultural fit that had that, you know, power five cachet and dominated the Big East and everything else and, and was a good fit, I believe, culturally for this league. So it didn't feel like a lot changed because you brought in two teams. You had eight. It was, you know, 25% of your total. You brought it up to 10 one of those teams in TCU was right in the heart of the Big 12 footprint who half the league already knew from the Southwest Conference, and it didn't feel like much changed. As this conference grows from Provo, Utah to Orlando, Florida, up to Cincinnati, um, it's going to feel different. It's not going to have that true regional Big 12 feel, and that's okay. That's where the sport is trending. That's where college football is moving. 
that's where all this is going to be moving forward. I mean, look at the Big Ten going from Piscataway, New Jersey to Los Angeles, California. So I'm not sitting here trying to prevent the inevitable from happening. I think the Big 12 is going to be and is in an incredible spot moving forward. And this is going to remain the third best uh, college football conference in America and could very well stay a top two college basketball conference in America. All right. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But it's it's going to be different. It's going to be weird and it's going to be uh, an adjustment. Because then you lose your two anchors, your two blue bloods, whatever you want to call them, and you're bringing in four now new teams. So that's half of the total that you've got left of the eight. And, you know, they're from very much different parts of the country, parts of the country that Big 12 fans have never competed with in the conference, obviously. So that's what makes this so unique. That's what makes it so different compared to other situations that the Big 12 has found itself in over the last 15 years or so. So I'm going to enjoy this year. It doesn't mean that I'm happy with Oklahoma and Texas and how this thing played out. I'm I'm not, all right? I've made that very clear. I've made that very obvious for a long time. I am not happy with how Oklahoma and Texas handled their business. I understand why they did what they did. I do. I, I, I understand it, but I don't have to like it, and I don't like it. I'll cover them fairly. I still love Oklahoma and Texas fans. I hope you guys will hang around with this show and with this site after you leave whenever that is, whenever that happens. But even if Oklahoma and Texas stay through 2025, and who the heck knows in the college football landscape that we live in right now if that's actually going to happen. But even if they stay through 2025, this is it for these 10 teams being together. Because next year we know BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston are coming into this league. They're going to be here. So we, we are expecting a couple of seasons with 14 teams in the Big 12, and that's going to be different as well. Gone are the round robins in football. You know, if you're a Big 12 fan for the last 10 years or so now, you know that in certain years, you know, every other year basically the schedule flipped. You were playing the same teams every year. They had a round robin in football, a double round robin in basketball, and you knew every year basically where you were going. If you're an Oklahoma State fan and you played uh, Iowa State on the road one year, the next year you were going to Ames. If you were a Baylor fan, you know, Baylor was always unique because um, their schedule is always tougher in even years. In even years, Baylor goes on the road to Texas and Oklahoma. So, like, you know, you're a Baylor fan, you know that schedule's probably a bit easier in odd years and a little bit harder in even years. You've come adjusted to that and accustomed to that over the last decade or so that's going to be gone schedule is going to be different even with OU and Texas hanging around with which they are expected to do these next two years you don't know what the league's going to look like in terms of how they're going to schedule things so as you've gotten in a routine and you've gotten in a rhythm that is now out the door so from that standpoint alone this is it right this is the last of of round robins this is the last of seeing every team in the league every single year in football and seeing them twice for a home-and-home in basketball, that's over. And for that reason alone, it kind of feels like this is the end of an era. right? The Big 12 was kind of, in many ways, the last power conference that truly had regionalism to it, um, that had the round-robin set up, which the league did not do a great job of branding and promoting until the last few years. They finally got around to it. We were bar- I was barking about it on this show you know, when we launched the site eight years ago now, 
saying the league's got to brand itself better as one true champion, which they started doing, and I'm glad that they did. You know, meantime, in the SEC, you could have uh, an SEC East team like South Carolina. They don't play Alabama. They play Alabama like twice every seven years in conference play or something like that out of the SEC West. That's not the case in the Big 12. The Big 12 had a one true champion. Everybody played everybody, and it was one versus two in the conference title game the last few years since that came back. That's been different. That's made the Big 12 unique. That's made it special in this league. And uh, that's going to be gone. So it feels like it's the end of an era where the Big 12 was kind of the last league that was holding on to the old school tradition of college football and what regionalism meant and how the sport was built. And while it wasn't perfect in the Big 12, I mean, West Virginia is not around the corner. It was a great cultural fit. And everybody else could still more or less drive to each other. You can make a long weekend road trip out of uh, most of the Big 12. That goes away next year. That simplicity is gone. And while we know that's where the sport is trending and we know that's how this is going to play out moving forward, uh, it is something that we should note. If you're a nostalgic college football fan and Big 12 fan like me, just know that this is worth enjoying one final time. It's easy to be pessimistic. It's easy to be negative and say this. Uh, yeah, forget them. I'm ready for what's next. I am too. But I do think living in the moment is important. And I think this is a chance to do that if you're a Big 12 fan and a college football fan at large. And it's in no way a knock on any of the four teams. I can't wait for what's to come for this conference. But uh, this is this is the end of what we've come to know as the Big 12, and it is one final ride. So with the season now starting next week, I was getting nostalgic over the weekend. Oh, gosh, I was getting nostalgic. And I uh, wrote about this, and I said, you know what, as we uh, get ready for college football being back this weekend, I wanted to make sure I uh, brought her up with you as well on the show. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly. There is so much news to get to as well. Starting quarterbacks are being named, and um, we will get to all that coming up. Pete Mundo on heartlandcollegesports.com. And before we continue on the show, I want to welcome on our first sponsor of the college football season, and that is our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I know that uh, many of you ask, hey, how can we help the show? It's always going to be free. So you can leave a rating, review, subscribe. That's big. But also supporting our sponsors is how we can continue to grow this show. And now in Kansas, DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Sunflower State. It's not going to be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. So to celebrate, all new customers who listen to Heartland College Sports will receive $100 in free bets when you use the sign-up code HCS for Heartland College Sports. Plus, one lucky customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposits required. You heard that right. No deposit. Soon you'll be able to bet on money lines and spreads and props and, and much more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. So right now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code HCS to get $100 in free bets and you can use it once sportsbook betting is legal in the state of Kansas. That's $100 in free bets. And also, you're entered to win 100000 
$1,000 in free bets. How about that? That's pretty awesome. Uh, the code HCS, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 plus, physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer. $100 issued as $425 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstake. Void where prohibited. Ends first day. DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at dkng.co slash ks. So as we roll through the show here, uh, we've got a couple of starting quarterback announcements in the last couple of days. First off, the Texas Longhorns. I don't know what happened here. All right, this was a strange situation, as it seems like is always the case in Texas, at Texas. So early on Friday morning, it was reported that uh, Hudson Card was the favorite to be the Texas starting quarterback. Uh, He had been in the program, has been in the program, was the starter last year. Casey Thompson eventually took over for him. But there were multiple reports from people in the know with the Texas Longhorns that uh, Hudson Card was the guy. And he was going to be QB1 to start the season. And that would have been a surprise. Because Quinn Ewers came in, hot shot, former number one quarterback prospect in America from Ohio State, transferred in, local guy, Texas kid. And it was always expected that Ewers was going to be the guy. Well, these reports start coming out. I mean, we're talking Horns 247, Orange Bloods, all the big Texas folks were saying, hey, and saying on Friday, hey, it's going to be Ewers. It's going to be Hudson Card. He's going to be the guy. And I was surprised, but, you know, we ran the report. That's our job. All right? So then, hours later, hours later, it comes down that Quinn Ewers is named the starting quarterback. And apparently, it was very bizarre in terms of how it went down. It went down as, like, uh, the SID, John Bianco, just kind of announcing it during one of his press conferences. It was like, okay. He just kind of came in as like, oh, by the way, uh, Quinn Ewers is starting week one. Um, and it was, uh, wait, what? Uh, come again? Uh, really? Uh, is that is that how this is going to go? I mean, it's it just going to be kind of a random announcement from uh, John Bianco? Yeah, Chip Brown tweeted that out on Friday. Said Texas Longhorns Sports Information Director John Bianco just said Steve Sarkeesian has decided Quinn Ewers with the team starting quarterback. <laughs> Like, not some announcement for the head coach. And that's probably because these reports were circulating. And if they knew they had Ewers, then something was going to have to be done about it. Right? Like, they were going to have to be like, okay, if Ewers is now uh, the guy, and we know he's the guy, but people are reporting it's Hudson Card. Or, if you want to go full-blown conspiracy theory here, Steve Sarkeesian was set to go Ewers. The reports came out about it being Ewers. But then... Uh, as can happen at Texas, drama got involved, big money got involved, and then all of a sudden people are like, "Eh, wait, hold on a second, pump the brakes, calling up Sark, calling up whoever they know on the staff, get Quinn Ewers in there, damn it, he's our prize possession, five-star guy, NIL, blah, 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 Ohio State, local kid. And then Sark got bullied into going with yours. I don't know. I'm just saying, if you want a conspiracy theory, 
There's one for you. But Quinn Ewers is now the guy. What does this mean for Hudson Card? Does Hudson Card stay around? Does he say, you know what? I got replaced last year. Um, Might have thought he had the job this year. I'm going to go somewhere else. I don't think so. Once again, another local guy. He's a Lake Travis guy, so he's home basically. But it's just bizarre on the way this all went down because the people that got it wrong are people that rarely get it wrong. They're people who are in the know. All right, so this is a already it's kind of a weird situation as it often is playing out at Texas. It's never easy. It's never without drama. Uh, and this feels like the latest example of that, the way the quarterback announcement went down late last week. Meantime, at Texas Tech, Tyler Shuck gets the nod as the starting quarterback at Texas Tech. But there was an interesting twist to this. Now, you know, I haven't been obviously – at camp in Lubbock every day to see these three guys. But just knowing what I know, uh, this was always the play I thought was most likely. Give it to Shuck. Uh, He played well before he got injured last year. Now, Donovan Smith was good last season. But, uh, you know, he does not have the passing potential of Shuck, which is why this feels like it was the right move to go with the guy who transferred in from Oregon last year, all the expectations. You know, there were mock NFL drafts last summer that had Tyler Shuck as a first-round NFL draft pick in 2022. Crazy, I know, but, like, they were, they were out there. So, clearly, the guy's a high ceiling. And if everything clicks, then uh, this can be a special offense, which we thought it would be last year, then Shuck goes down, and then it kind of, you know, it wasn't a bad offense, but it didn't live up to the expectations. But Joey McGuire put out a very interesting statement on this. Here was a statement from Joey McGuire. I first want to praise all three quarterbacks as this was an unbelievable competition. Tyler has played well and put our offense in a position to be effectively consistent throughout camp, which has earned him the right to be our starting quarterback. Tyler has a great football IQ and has really captured what we want this offense to look like with the type of responsibility we put on the quarterback. Goes on to say here, then this is the interesting part. As I've said all along, though, we fully intend for Red Raider fans to see all three of these quarterbacks this season. This is as gifted a room as I've ever seen, says head coach Joey McGuire, and I'm willing to put the depth of our quarterback position against anyone else in the country. I know both Donovan Smith and Baron Morton will be ready when called upon, as they have certainly earned the respect of myself and their teammates. That's Joey McGuire. Now, is that a way to kind of prevent either of these guys from transferring? Maybe. But at this point, they're not going to transfer anyway. I mean, at this point, if Donovan Smith or Baron Morton wanted to transfer, they're going to wait till after the season. No one's looking for a starter right now, right? So you're going to wait. So what's the point in specifically noting that? Like, if you're Joey McGuire... Why say we fully intend for Red Raiders fans to see all three quarterbacks throughout the season? Are you going to have a goal line package for Donovan Smith as more of a bruising runner? Why would you see Baron Morton? I feel like it's a, in a way, it's kind of a backhanded compliment. I know what he's going for here. We've got a great quarterback room, great depth. I'll put it up against anybody in the country, and here's my proof. They're going to all play this season. I don't think that's the message you want to send. 
Like, I, I, I just, I don't think the message you want to send after a three-man quarterback battle that just took, you know, months to sort out, yeah, here's our starter, but the other guys are playing. Like, I would have made this statement all about Tyler. Now, I would have made this statement about how Tyler shucks the guy. We're rolling with him. He's got great football IQ. Praise him, praise him. Great battle. You want to talk about your depth and how great Donovan and Baron Morton are. I, no problem there. I'm sure that's true, and they're great guys. But I do believe that you diminish some of what you're trying to achieve by naming a starter and then saying all three guys are going to play this season. Like, what, what does that mean? Baron Morton's going to get in there, uh, you know, in garbage time against Murray State or whatever? Like, uh, okay, why does that need to be announced? You know, I, what's, what's the point of saying any of that? I don't quite understand it. I think if you want to say that privately to the guys, sure. But why are you telling the fan base that? Why are you saying to the fan base, we're starting all all three guys are going to play? Like, that's just something where I'm sure there's a strategy there. I'm just not clear on what it is right now. Because what you want to do publicly is signal all the support and all the enthusiasm is there with Tyler Shuck. And that should be the number one thing that fans are getting out of this statement. And it's not because of the kind of weird, all three guys are going to play. You know, that's not something you want to see unless it's garbage time. And I hate to say it, I don't think there's going to be a ton of garbage time for Texas Tech this season. I just don't. But if you're telling me goal line package for Donovan Smith, different story. But once again, why do the fans need to know that in the middle of August? That's the part I also can't figure out. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So we've got the starting quarterbacks uh, lined up at two of the biggest question marks we had this offseason, Texas and Texas Tech. There probably are more to come here over the next several days. That's something that is uh, very much worth keeping an eye on here because uh, this is not the year, I don't believe, of the quarterback in the Big 12. I think the running back right now is actually where the strength is in this league if you want to talk about offensive skill positions. It's not, the quarterbacks are all very good and have very high ceilings, but there's not a Heisman Trophy finalist in this group. And that's what in many ways is helping make this a wide open year in the Big 12 at the very top especially. You've got half this league that says, yeah, things break right, we can win it. What other conference in America can say that? It doesn't exist. It does not exist. It's good to be here with you. Can't believe college football is uh, back this week. Big 12, of course, starts next week. Uh, We're fired up for that. And, hey, uh, if you're in Kansas, you know that sportsbook betting is coming. Use our promo code HCS to get $100 in free bets once mobile sports betting hits the Sunflower State. Get in now. HCS. With our friends at DraftKings, a great way to support the show. I'm Pete Mundo. Leave that rating, review, subscribe to the podcast as well. Uh, And if you leave a rating and a review, send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you hooked up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie. So appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.